You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. The following podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion advised. So, uh, greetings everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of AV Underground. I'm here joined today, unfortunately also not with Watson again, but he'll be back in our next episode. But today I'm here with Crispy Bacon. Hello everybody. Chris Piscopo. Chris Piscopo, at your service. So, and we're going to just talk about some more stuff. So I actually, one of the first things I wanted to talk about with you, like we went to school together. Yep. Uh, I guess before we jump into it, really, uh, give people a little bit of a background of, of you and where you're coming from. Um, well, I was born in North Carolina, so I got rebel in my blood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. I lived in New Jersey for a while. Uh, I lived in New Hampshire. Um, high school was not my bag, but I knew I wanted to do something for college. So I, Mount Wachusett was the most reasonable thing to pick um given my interest in you know media and film and videos and all that kind of stuff so came down there in 2015 and uh, the rest is pretty much did history. we start in the same semester was it fall 2015 yeah okay i remember because th- uh the day that i took my id picture i left the school and i bought metal gear solid 5 because it was it came, <laughs> came out the exact same day it was september 1st oh yeah. man and I then, did not buy Metal Gear Solid Five. My buddy Jeff did. You but. shouldn't. <laughs> no, no. It's, I've, <laughs> Which I've a, one? Zero, was it? Uh, Ground Zero is, is is good, but it's only ten minutes. Ground long. Zero is the demo that they released as a real game. Yeah. And then Phantom Pains, which I heard was okay. Phantom Pain. It, it's that could be a podcast of its own. It I, it's really could. Long ass mixed opinion. We can skip over that for now. Um, so yeah, and then uh, pretty soon after that, I started doing. I've been making videos on YouTube on and off for like a couple years, but like. Before that, it, it wasn't really anything concrete. It didn't really go anywhere. It was like short films with friends from high school. Um, one of them we did for like a film festival that, you know, got screened in front of uh, our class, which is a fun time. But the rest of the stuff that we did pretty much, you know, just sort of slid under the radar for, for the most part. So then I, I renamed my channel in like early 2016 and then I started doing... I remember when you rebranded. Yeah. Um, you, I forget what you were before. Lens Flare, I think, before. That was, that's that channel still exists. That's the one that I made with my high school friend, Matt, who kind of encouraged me to get into this whole stuff in the first place. Okay. Um, but yeah, because well, before it was a music channel because I, I would do like uh, just covers and then I would help uh, friends who wanted to do music uh, just get it produced and put it up. Uh, my friend Anthony was like the number one guy who was sort of giving giving me views, which was pretty good. So yeah, moved on from that. And I was like, I bet I could probably do reviews. Those are fun. You know, I'd always, I, I forgot that you had stuff that was music based because it always threw me off when I like went to your channel and you had done like a cover of something. And I'm like, why is he good at this? <laughs> it, I don't know. It just, it was, it was strange, but I keep forgetting that that's, that was there. I had a couple good ones, but for the most part, like rewatching them, they're 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 pretty they're pretty bad. They're pretty uh, they're pretty. I, I feel like that's always how that's that's probably a good sign if you're looking back at it now. Like, man, that was pretty bad, as opposed to like that's the best work I've ever done. Well, the the one that I'm still like 100 percent proud of is the "Wish You Were Here" cover. I did that with my friend Jeff. Um, he's he's a music major. He plays the guitar like, oh, okay. all the time. He's he's really good at it. Um, and he he sings well. And uh, we kind of reconnected at like like a prom. I think okay. because we we just both happened to be there, and I was like, "Hey man, you want to do you want to you want to make something? You want to make make a song?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then you know that was that's the only song I know how to play on guitar. I'm like, "Why don't we just do that?" You know. And then he so he did electric over it, and uh, yeah, the rest is history for that. But so I moved on to like review kind of stuff and uh, classic shit posting, i.e. Yeah. For, for Honor is fun and Rainbow Six Siege Operation Stefan 
videos, which I'm incredibly proud of, but I know that they don't hold much value. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, when did you like jump right into college after high school or was there kind of a gap there for you? Uh, I keep forgetting like any of the age ranges of people that I went to school with. Well, now. that's the thing with community so, college. Like, you never know. Like Exactly. Some of your classmates could look like they're, you know, 22 and they're actually like 40 something. Pat is 24. Can you believe that? A little. I did not no, know that. He looks like he's 18. I know. <laughs> uh, stay that way forever, Pat. I love you, man. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I graduated in like spring of 2015 from high school. And at that point, I had I had an okay job. I was working in a movie theater, um, which I liked. It, it was a, it was an easy job. It was an easy gig. But um, you're talking like concession stands or like I, it was a it's a one screen theater. So I did everything basically. Okay. You know, so I, I was like behind the counter. So I'll take it. So popcorn clean, do all the vacuuming and mopping. And, you know, um, my boss is the one who worked at the projector most of the time. Um, but was like, it actually a projector? Or they, was it at the point of they had switched over to USB sticks? They had well, they had a pretty complicated uh, system of like uh, it was a digital projector, but it, it was a little beyond USB sticks. Okay, they would basically get like encrypted hard drives in the mail. It's not a joke, it, because in case they got stolen, like right. lost in the mail, people couldn't like pirate the movie, which was kind of cool. So you basically got that, and then they had some kind of either like decryption key that they got in the email or something. <laughs> got in the email. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that was a pretty good job but I, I was like i don't really want to work here for an entire year before i start to you know further education and whatnot i had no idea what i wanted to do part so it wasn't like leaving high school and being immediately i know what i want to do i want to make video stuff here i go no because matt uh so i mentioned my friend matt uh we made a short film which i think you've seen called knights of the 21st century um probably it was made on uh, about zero dollars. Um, the perfect budget for anyone starting out. On like th a camera that is like the size of an apple, maybe. You know, one okay. of those crappy little camcorders with the built-in microphone. Apple the fruit, not apple the brand. Yes. Um, although, <laughs> Just to clarify for people who can't visually see the, uh, <laughs> about, the distinction of I, you to making be fair, an apple It actually size. was about the size of like an iPhone or something. Okay. Like, so it, it works either way. So uh, it was about uh, literal like nights from, you know, ye olde days getting... <laughs> Time time travel teleported to the modern day with a magic sword. And it sounds so dumb when I say it out loud, but it was... Don't most movie plots, though? It, I mean, I'm describing Highlander, essentially. <laughs> um, Sean Connery cuts the moon in half using folded steel because he's skilled enough to. That sounds uh, great. But, so we did that, um, and I had a great time, and it, it, I didn't really know at that point that I wanted to do video, though. Um it didn't really seem like a feasible thing that I should do because I was like, I don't really need to go to school for that. Right. I mean, I, I can uh, chase down another career and then, um, you know, sort of keep that going as a side thing because I, I was kind of into um, like chemistry. Um, I, I liked that and I was kind of good at it in high school. There was a couple like automotive. I was sort of into the couple of, a couple of other career paths that I could have done. Um, and then I went to the Mount. I was like, I'm going to go here. But I was in the library that day picking like the thing that I wanted to sign up for. And I was scrolling through the list and I saw media arts and technology and I was like, you know what? Why can't I do that? Like, why shouldn't I do this? So, I mean, it, it literally wasn't until the day I registered that I knew, you know, that that was what I was going to end up pursuing. Um, but I mean, here I am now. Yeah. Are you still attending or have you graduated? Oh, I graduated in, in December. Okay. Same. Yeah. 
They mail you your uh, yeah, I got your it. receipt already. My receipt. It's my no, receipt for my education, it's a, man. It's a really nice little. Can you imagine if if you could take that back to the school and just be like, "I'd like to return this," <laughs> uh, and you keep the knowledge, but they just give you the money back? They're like, "Ah, oh, okay," but like you're not qualified. Here's anymore. the thing, though. Exactly, is like <laughs> now you can't use that on job applications, but you have the knowledge and you know however much money you spent to go here. So. To be fair, like that'd be a really weird system. Like, do I for the mount's not that much money though. That's the thing. It's not, but it's definitely a. It'd be a good starting point it'd for your first boost. film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I thought about that the other day as soon as I referred to it as my receipt for my education. That's funny. I'm gonna start using that. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I was really hoping they'd send me one of those little business card size ones like they did with Jim, and I could put it in a full size frame. Tiny little business card, black mat, full size frame. That would hang be it on the wall. No, but, in like a like a twenty four by thirty six, like like oh yeah, frame. like a giant yeah, <laughs> just hang it up. Yeah. What is that? Oh, that's my degree. In like that size or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think that's like an eighteen by thirty or eighteen by twenty some. I don't know. That would be funny. Regardless, um, yeah. So I attended. Uh, I tried to sprinkle out my general education with the video stuff, so I wouldn't get too bored and burned out. Um, that kind of worked. But my last semester, I had all general education classes i had no video classes and it was pretty it was soul crushing but i did it um i graduated i'm still looking for work i mean in in new hampshire there's not really much this um, I've, we, I've talked about this before with people that like this part of the country is just not great unless you're like in the city yeah. i think there's like one is it one oh rock 101 is in manchester and then you've got a lot of stuff out in Boston, WGBH, yeah, uh, which obviously runs stuff for PBS. That's my plan. Um, I'm hoping to get a place in like Bill Ricca or something. Like, Bill Ricca is nice. Like a like yeah, like like a nice place that's kind of a uh, it's a commute, but it's a short commute to the city. Because um, I, it's not that I'm opposed to living in the city, but I've never done it before. So I'd rather sort of like get on my feet and like yeah. get a job if I can, still living in a place that's kind of familiar. See, I was told uh, Air, Massachusetts is yeah. like one of the better places as far as like the balance between it costs a lot because it's near the city. Yeah. But it's also close enough that, that you, you can get a job. It's not bad. Sustain yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm told they've got like a train station dead center of the town. So it's like it's a lot easier to get to than like Fitchburg or Lemonster's train station. I think I've driven through the train station. Or, so, I've driven. I've ridden a train through that station. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... What is, I guess, what is the plan from here for you? Well, um, versus what was the plan when you started? Because well, I know the, for me, I started going back to college for video with no other intent other than, as I've said before on the show, um, just making better YouTube content. Yeah. YouTube was never like an end game for me. Uh, I, ne I knew kind of from the, from the outset that it was never really going to go to the length of you know hundreds of thousands of views per video i mean it might go there who knows i'm not gonna stop there's still plenty of time exactly but that i i was very realistic when i started i like the idea of a review for me was like i was playing a, I, I, well i started with playing the witcher because that's i remember witcher when your 3. review for the witcher 3 that's, dropped. That's, that's my very first review um and i did that one because i was playing i think that's one of my favorite games I mean, ever. I mean, a lot of people are going to say that. That's not a groundbreaking opinion. Um, <laughs> but I was playing it, and, and I thought to myself, like, oh, I, how can I convince more people to pick this up and give it a shot? You know? Because I mean, it's super popular. It's not like it's a, this indie underground thing no one's ever heard of. Right. Um, but, like, that's sort of what started that. And then I, I made the first one, and then I had that thought to myself. I was like, what other games either do I want to convince people to play or avoid? And that's kind of what sprung me into making more reviews as I went. And so far, they've all been pretty positive. Um, I've, they basically, they've pretty much all been for a recommendation. Um, the one that's about to come out is for, uh, Spec Ops The Lion, which is another recommendation, but that's, that's sort of a more condensed, it's not a full in-depth one. The one after that, 
is for Stalker Clear Sky, which I actually oh hated. <laughs> so uh, you'll it'll be interesting to see that end of it. Yeah, because I've never done that before. The thing I've liked about I've some never of your done re- a scathing review. The thing that I've liked about your reviews so far is they seem, for the most part, relatively unbiased. Because you kind of go through and like, you know, here's the the great and terrible things about your graphics. Here's how taxing it is versus like console or PC. And, you know, here's the basics, but you don't really spoil anything. Yeah. You don't really say like, go out and buy this game. Like it's it's very objective, which I think is nice because in the you know media stream right now for video games, you've got like the big dogs, IGN. Uh, I watch some stuff from Game Ranks because they're kind of still in that happy zone of like no one's paid for their opinions yet. They're okay. IGN is very... I, I feel Skip like it, yeah. it's it's very hey EA paid us to tell you how amazing Battlefront Two is yeah and you should totally pick it up because it's you know riddled with fun and definitely <laughs> not microtransactions so but yeah but I mean it was it I, was good I'm glad that that translates because a lot of the like reviews that I used to watch um, I, I've I've now found like more niche channels that are. Um, Sort of ones that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, sort of channel and emulate for myself, like that that kind of uh, objectivity, because it's kind of annoying to me when you're watching a review and it's just the worst mistake that you or the uh, flaw that you can make as a critic is saying that something is perfect without explaining why. Oh, for um, sure. And that is a, that's a big problem with a lot of, you know, big time review stuff. Like you said, it's like, you know, Battlefront 2 is so perfect. Just go buy it's it. It's a great game. Just go pick it up. It's great. We're not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell you why it's great, but it is. Because so, Star Wars. The thought for me was like, I, I want to tell, I want to tell people the baseline information and let them form their own opinion about whether or not they want to go out and spend their money on it, and then more importantly, spend their time with it. You know. Yeah, which is crucial when you know games are costing so much now. I mean, they haven't really made a massive jump in price over the last decade. They're still you know releasing around sixty. You're going to pay over 100 if you're looking at collector's editions with physical merge and stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, you're looking at spending 60 bucks on release and you're looking at anywhere from 20 to 60 hours, depending on the game, depending on if it's got side quests, DLC. Yeah. And then, you know, people are going to be debating, do I want to buy a season pass? Because everything's got DLC now. Yeah. So and it's it's a matter of whether or not that's going to be worth it or not. And there's some games that are doing um, this sort of interesting almost like an evolution of the season pass concept. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege is the one that I'm thinking of right now because that came out in 2015. And if you look at footage of that game from release day to now, it's it looks like a different game. It looks like a sequel. Like, it's weird to me that they didn't just make a second one, you know, and or, or just keep releasing DLC, which is what they've done. But they've tweaked it and improved it so much over the years. I mean... I I think it's the first game beside that's not an MMO that's really done that you know because yeah because I mean you also think about like World of Warcraft has been evolving forever yeah but same they, they drop their at, DLC their expansion packs and whatnot yeah I mean so does Siege and I mean I should uh, point out Operation Chimera just came out and apparently that kind of broke everything uh, and like overall degraded the quality of the game but I, I don't want to I don't want to crap on it too hard that's not the purpose of the you know <laughs> that's not the purpose of the hour um, but I'm sure I could talk about Siege for. A long time because I, I have a lot of play time in it and uh i do like it despite its flaws so i do actually have a couple of questions too in regards to your creative process yes so because i mean the of the videos that i've seen come out from you is is kind of a toss-up between your reviews and the videos you just kind of toss together i remember we were discussing in class when your for honor video came out and Which it one? generated so many views oh the one uh, that you were like more, uh, uh you honor were, in a nutshell you were pissed <laughs> yeah were like, i was I, I spent no time editing this. It's a piece of garbage. 
and it got so many views compared to stuff that you like poured your heart and soul into. Yeah. And you know, I feel like as a video creator and as someone who's in that field, like I understand when I watch your videos, how much has gone into it. Yeah. But the general public, it's, it's really hard to please because their interests are, I want to be entertained immediately. It's got to be meme worthy. It has to be quick and short and like haphazardly put together. Yeah. And then you've got like the smaller niche of people that appreciate like better content. But how much time do you spend putting your reviews together? And like, what is your, what is your process there? Do you script the whole thing and then go off that? Do you, uh, you know, because you've got a pretty solid format as far as like, I'm going to discuss the audio here, the graphics here, the gameplay, the story, the character, whatever. Um, what what did you use to put that whole thing together? And like, what was your your thought process? Well, it all starts, uh, you know, with, with with the idea of like, do I want to make a video for this for such and such game? And that usually comes from if I'm playing it. And obviously, when you play anything, you're going to like be talking to yourself. You're going to be forming opinions about it, you know, as you go. But the question in my mind becomes do I want to convince people to play this or do I want to convince people to avoid it? And do I want to do are either of those feelings strong enough to pour a lot of effort into getting that opinion out there? Um, and if the answer is yes, then um, I'll open up, you know, a word document or, you know, with my bootleg Microsoft word. Uh, cause I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't have my reserve word, but um, you know, I, split, splitting everything up into categories makes it easier to script because I tried to do it more uh, freeform and it just ended up being way too long and just disorganized. And it usually boils down into anecdotes uh, and being less objective because it's easier to let your opinion slip in. But if in the document, the first thing you do is write out, um, you know, uh, these categories in a list, uh, you know, optimization, graphics, uh, sound, all this kind of stuff. And then you're like, okay, I have something to say. Um, it looks pretty nice. And you're like, oh, write that in the graphics tab. Um, ooh, it did crash a couple times when I got to this level. Better put that in the optimization thing. And after you put down all the basic stuff, then you can kind of go into each paragraph and kind of thin it out or add to it or expand upon ideas, cut stuff out that's not interesting or tell an anecdote, you know, uh, or just a personal experience with um, that specific category. Because with the first three, I believe, um, which were The Witcher, Doom 2016, and Kalwar's Gunslinger, the way that I transitioned between categories was like a a slide that would appear on the left, you know, third of the screen, and it would just have all the categories and an arrow pointing to them. Um, and they were in an interesting order. They were in the order that they would come to mind when you first started playing. I think it was graphics first. And then my friend Matt said to me, "Why don't you put story first? That's what that's what that's what I would want to know first. I'm like, oh my god, you're right. So then, yeah, I kind of revamped all that, and and now now it, it's a fancy little graphic, and the screen blurs, it slides in, and then it slides away, and then it you know comes back into focus. Um, so that was just a little, you know, side thing that that uh, didn't happen right away. And uh, if I could, I would go back and re-upload the first three with the updated um, slides. But that would I be feel like that's always a, a pull when you're doing anything creative is like my style has evolved. I should go back and redo things. Yeah. I've only done that with one series and that was our fatal frame series. And that's only because we never finished it. And I fatal felt frame like it would have it. Huh? The first game, the first fatal frame. Okay. We never finished it. Uh, and it was the first thing I started I before going back to school. And so I was like, I'm going to call up my buddy. It's been two years. I'm going to call up the guy I started the YouTube channel with, and we're going to sit down and play this again, but with better audio. And we could have continued from where we left off, but I was like, I feel like it would be an injustice to start at like episode eight yeah. after two years of a hiatus and then be like, if you want to know what happened up to this point, go back and watch the garbled audio version yeah. that didn't record well and doesn't line up at all. Um, so I was like, we're just going to start fresh 
and it's the only series I've ever felt like I needed to go back and redo. If you had upgraded and then uploaded it like in a reasonable amount of time, like if you'd done episodes one through seven, you know, like one episode per week, and then the next week when you did episode eight, it was upgraded quality. I think that would be okay to continue from that part. But when there's that much of a time span, nobody's going to want to go back and watch the old ones, you know? Right. So it's... I didn't want to put I anyone that. through that. I so get that. That's I, the only reason. But otherwise, I'm like, no, I, I, my style has upgraded, but I need to push forward and just keep evolving and moving forward rather than trying to go back and fix things. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, that's justified for sure. I honestly reference uh, a few times, and it's kind of a reminder to me. Uh, on the bookshelf to your right, I have three books, uh, Bittersweet Candy Bowl yeah. on the far right there. You'll notice book one is incredibly thick. Yes, it is. Uh, and books two and three are not. Like two and three together are probably the size of volume one. And when I went to pick them up, I was at an anime convention and I was talking to the artist slash author. And I was like, I've never heard about your series, but I'm really into getting comics from people that um, are, you know, artists working for themselves and seeing if it's something I'm into. And if I'm into it, I'll end up buying your whole series. So I'll take book one. And she goes, don't don't take book one. Start with two. And I'm going to tell you why. And she said that. She went through and wrote the whole story out and book one is essentially all of her initial drawings and the first story. She's like, I got through and my art style had evolved so much. I wanted to go back and redo it. So she's like, I cut out a lot of the nonsense, went back, redid it with my new style. And that is book two. So book two is not a continuation, but a revamp. Interesting. Of book one. Yeah. So I ended up obviously eventually I bought one and three. But it's kind of a reminder to myself that like, you know, things evolve and it's OK to just like cut out the old stuff and occasionally go ahead and move on yeah but i mean it's it's not like um i wouldn't go back and like take down the witcher review just because right. it's just just because it's like book one it's i'll leave it up because that, and i don't know about you but like i like to go back sometimes when people make and hit youtube fame um i'll go back and i'll watch like some of their first videos and mm -hmm. i don't know if you've watched like og markiplier with his um amnesia dark descent playthrough well, everyone played amnesia back in the day yeah well that was like the the series that launched him really that's the series that um, launched everybody and I mean, I, so of. I was watching it and I'm like, oh, my God, his comment. Like, I feel like my commentary is better than his commentary was then. <laughs> so it's like it's finding out where someone started and being like, all right, that's relatable. Yeah, because it's hard sometimes to like relate to some of the big the big dogs when it comes to YouTube, whether it's vlogging, gaming, whatever it is. Definitely. Um, so uh, how much of your reviews really like obviously you're going to type out a whole script. Oh, like, right, here's yes. here's my stuff that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Do you usually like word for word it? when you're yes. doing your audio yeah so it usually listening to your videos comes off very natural well the the interesting thing is um i i got this from every professor and teacher that i've ever had that has done my english and like writing classes and from my uh, uh friend of mine hannah who is an english major um who has read and reviewed my papers that i've done for classes they all tell me that um i have this problem where i write as if i'm speaking because like formal writing and formal speaking are very different. And you know, it's not even formal speaking when you're doing you know, something like this or like a review. Um, but I do have this inclination to write as if I'm talking in my head or just you know, speaking out loud already. So I think that kind of helps emulate the, the idea that maybe I'm just going off the cuff. It translates well into script, I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. From, from a viewer standpoint. It's great for scripting and for, you know, writing that kind of stuff. out. It's not so good for college essays, which, no. which I learned the hard way. But, but I, I feel like that gives you a little bit of a one up, both for the scripting you're doing. And if you were to try like try your hand at dialogue. Yeah, well, I have a lot of people yeah. have to. Yeah, if you're trying to learn film dialogue, it's it's a leap for a lot of people because you're so used to English essays and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I, I also giggled a little bit because I remembered you were one of the only people aside from myself that survived the Hunger Games of English 102. 
Ooh, yeah, the one that Steve was literally told oh, to his face yeah. to drop out of. Yeah. Yeah. That was but... a rough class. I forgot you were in that. Yeah. <laughs> I was. That was harsh. I also remember, uh, just for the sake of nostalgia, when you had initially, I, I think it was either first or second semester, and we were talking about um, Perfect Justice. Yeah. And I ran into you and Steve in the calf. And my hair was pink at the time. And I remember you guys being like, is that like a YouTuber thing? And I was like, I'm a YouTuber? Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I'm flattered. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to cry on camera and get a million views? <laughs> Got him. I mean, if that's what if that's what does it, I guess. That is but what does it. Come on. Apparently. All right. Um, anyway. No, I, I can't I can't sell myself that far out. But um, about so uh, the, the 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 process um, so I'll, I'll write the script out and, uh, you know, I get my points down and then I make, make a second pass to sort of make it more natural, you know, like we were just talking about as if I were just going to be spe- saying it out loud. And then I'll go through it maybe once or two more times, uh, after a couple of days to either add things, take things out or, you know, streamline it. And you know, I'll, I'll read it out loud to sort of get an idea for how it sounds. Cause sometimes you, know, you just pick the wrong word, you know, so you have to go back oh, and yeah. make slight word for word adjustments, but I try to make it so that the script is word for word what I'm going to say. Um, and then, uh, I usually record it in, you know, in, in the paragraph segments. So I'll record like the intro and then, you know, I'll, I'll stop the recording and then I'll record the next part and I'll stop the recording. And then, um, you have to overlay that, you know, edit out all the audio down and then get all the gameplay footage in too. What I used to do was I would turn on the capture and then I would play for like an hour and then I would stop and like hour footage. That's perfectly enough to work off of. Um, but the problem with that was that you end up with sort of the same visual like stuff to look at, you know, over like the hour or so of whatever you're playing. So right. what I ended up switching doing was I would set um, NVIDIA to, you know, record last five minutes or whatever. And then every time, you know, I would play something, you know, interesting, I'd be like, ooh, that was pretty cool. The last couple of minutes will be fine. And then I'll, you know, Alt-Z record the last five minutes. And I get clips, essentially. And then um, if something comes up that I'm like, ooh, I, I want to discuss this exact thing. I need to take a clip of this happening. That was a big thing in Prey because Prey has a lot to say. That was the last big review that I did. Um, but yeah, so like if I want to specifically talk about, you know, this one little niche aspect of the gameplay, such as uh, the 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 suit having a little voice that speaks to you, but it's it's not like the generic Siri, you know, yeah, light it's, female voice. It's it's this dark kind of like gravelly unsettling that thing. That caught me because I... Of that all the people that I, all the people I know that have played Prey, um, my buddy Jeff played Prey, and yeah. a lot of the stuff that he talked about was the mimics and whatnot that are within the game and how they scared the bejesus out of them. Yeah, but like few people I have ever heard bring up the voice of the the suit. It's it's and it's and when you brought it up, I was like that. It's creepy. That's cr- that terrifying. Yeah. I also it was funny as I watched a dude the other day. This is a little off topic, but I, I watched a dude speed run prey in 15 minutes. I've seen that. Yeah. You, you just break it. You, you you clip through walls. You break the physics. You hit it all the was, triggers. It was interesting to watch on a technical standpoint. It's amazing. But yeah, all, all speed runs are. Yeah. So I watched you, a dude do portal two, one of the tests with no portals. Just like clipping through walls and stuff. Essentially, I mean the source uh, engine is so breaking broken. the physics engine for yeah. the most part. You, it, I mean, b uh, b hopping and accelerated b hopping exists. Yeah, you know, so that's basically it. Yeah, but that's that's a no, whole nother thing. But yeah, so um, if I'm looking for like a, if I need to get a video or a, a visual aid for a very specific uh, example that I'm trying to make, I'll set G- GeForce to capture the last 30 seconds, and then I'll go hunting for that. And then when that thing happens, boom! I'll just get it right then and there. If I didn't happen to naturally get it recording everything else. 
Um, and it's always better to get it naturally because it, it, it comes across better visually. Like when you get attacked by a mimic and prey is a good example. There's one clip in the review where it jumps out and the camera like flicks around because I jumped in my chair and like shook my mouse a little bit and you can see the camera like <laughs> jiggle because it actually scared me. And like th that that's a good example of that. So um, I'll get all the footage and uh, that's for a review. I mean, the, the shit posts, you know, the footage comes first and then you, you Frankenstein that together later. Now I want to ask you because, you know, you go through a game to review it. You're going through the whole game. Yeah. And I know that, you know, through all of our film classes and anything else, really, you always assume more footage is better. But there's a certain point that you're like, OK, I have too much to work with. Yeah. And did you have any issues starting out like, yeah. OK, I have way too much to work with Absolutely. or or the, um, you know, I have not enough. And where where do you find the happy middle ground? Well, the good thing with the review is that um, for me, it's it's almost impossible to not have enough footage because if I don't have enough, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have this clip. Oh, well, I guess I'll just load it up and get more, you know? Right. Um, at least for me, when I'm not on, when I'm not on a tight schedule or I don't have a time constraint. Um, but like having too much footage is, is a big problem. Um, and that, that's for every production of, of anything that has to do with capturing video in any capacity. Oh, yeah. Having too much footage is uh, is awful because it, it feels like you're wading through the 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 poo barrel trying to scrape up the diamonds at the bottom yeah oh for sure yeah it's 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 not good and yeah I, I i had problems with that um i mean like i was saying earlier uh when i did the witcher review i basically turned on the caption i played for like an hour and a half and i was like i'm sure this is plenty of footage and it was i found all the right clips but i had to do a lot of digging to find the right clips to play at the right time i was like i know that i fought some bandits by a lake but where the hell is it you know, yeah. if, if I if I had just taken like a 30 second capture of that when it happened, I could have gone through and be like, oh, there it is. And just pulled that right into the timeline. Now, know? with that, do you name your clips? Sometimes. OK, for reviews. No, because it's usually only like seven or eight, you know, five minute clips. And I can I, I can judge them by the thumbnail. But it's probably still fresh enough in your head too. That you, exactly. You click on it. You see where it starts. And you're like, this is not the clip I need. See, the thing is for Operation Stefan, my siege ship post. The problem with that was I had about 40 clips and they were all they were over like a two month span. So I, I, but the good thing was they're, they're only about 30 seconds each. So I took about, you know, 20 minutes. I would click on one, skip 15 seconds in, watch the rest, see what interesting thing happened. And then I would name that for Operation Stefan, the sea shit post. Um, all of the clips, I had like 30 or 40 clips that were all about 30 seconds each. And then like one clip that was like 10 minutes because I, I forgot to change my, you know, the, the G4 settings to not record for that long, essentially. So I had to sit through that one. But you know, it took like 20 minutes one day and I just sort of, I watched them all in order and then just named them and all the ones that weren't interesting, I just deleted. And then, you know, I put this on the timeline. I made like a 1.0 essentially. And it was like, I was, pr I was pretty ready to upload it. And then my buddy, Jeff, who I usually play with was back for the weekend. So we played some because it doesn't really work on his college Wi-Fi because Ubisoft games kind of just don't. Yeah, um, which is kind of a common problem I've heard, like across forums and whatnot. But that that's ne that's neither here nor there. So we played for like a couple hours, and I got a couple other like spicy hot clips, and I'm like, well, now I got to go and put these in. I got I got to publish this before I get more good clips. So um, I like if you're making a video like that, uh, overshooting can be a problem just because you don't know what to put in because it's all good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You either have too much and you, you're struggling to find the good bits or you have too much and you're struggling to find the worst bits to take out, you know? Yeah, because you're just like, I, I want to keep all of this in, but I just, I can't. Yeah, because like uh, with those videos, I always set them to a song, which is not, uh, you know, an original idea, but that's just, that's just what I've done. Um, but like, so I only have 
three minutes and 45 seconds to work with, you know, so I'd better pick the best stuff uh, and arrange it in a way that it can sort of sync with the music. That, that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I, I think it, it comes across pretty well in, in operations to find like um, there's a couple po points where like certain actions are like perfectly synced up to, to the beat a little bit. Um, you know, like blown out a wall with Buck's uh, master key or like the the C4 clip where I, um, I, uh, I'm i playing as Pulse and I, I throw C4 uh, blindly over a desk and out a window, detonate it in midair and kill two guys who were rappelling down the side of the building. I just start screaming. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I was, I was drunk at the, at, during that play session. But um, <laughs> so <clears throat> it, it, it can be a struggle to find the good things and uh, overshooting is a double-edged sword for sure. You know, it can go either way. Uh, so another thing I wanted to touch on too is, um, you know, you can make great content all day long, but if it doesn't, like, I've, I've found with my stuff recently that, you know, a lot of it, you want to just hope that you'll put great stuff out there and people will find you. And, that you know, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't happen. Because, yeah. you know, you put stuff out for a, on a consistent basis. I did a video a day, every day in February. <sighs> that must have been hard. It was brutal. Yeah. Because I, I didn't take weekends off. It was oh, every gosh. single day. February was a 28-day month. I had 31 new videos go up wow. because I started in the end of January. I've bumped it back now to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Jesus. Because Saturday is podcast day and Monday, Wednesday, Friday is just easy enough to, boom, three videos. Yeah. It's Let's Plays, so they're relatively easy to put yeah, together. Yeah, it's, it's not like a, um, a big review. Right. I'm not yeah. like going in color grading, color correcting, editing in music. and It's it's relatively simple editing. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's mostly sort of just, a drag and drop. Yeah. It's mostly just to, you know, flex the my editing muscles. Yeah. Um. So... But what do you when you put up a new video? Do you just like here it goes on YouTube? That's it. Or here it goes on YouTube. I'll share it with my friends on Facebook. Or do you like actively go out and all right? I'm putting this on like the gaming subreddit and posting it on Twitter and everything else. It depends on the video. Um, for instance, like uh, the well, all the reviews I'll obviously post them to Twitter. That's like where I'm kind of hoping people will, will will sort of get updates like whenever I upload stuff. Um, I put them on Facebook. Just my, my, my public page, because those are linked. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I do want to Instagram usually, which they usually get a couple likes. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't think that I'm, you know, really bringing in very much from there. But it takes five seconds to post it there. So why bother not? Right. Um, I'll, and then I put it in uh, my Discord server, uh, just in case, you know, my close friends didn't see it otherwise. And then I'll put it in our group chat. Because usually, like, if I make a video, it's, like, um, it's there's usually at least some parts of it that are, like, directed towards somebody that I know. Yeah. Um, like, like, for, like, for the Siege video, like, I played a lot with Jeff. So he was in a lot of the clips. So obviously I sent it straight to him. I'm like, bro, come on. You got to watch this. You're um, in it, dude. Like, yeah, you're in it. And usually it's just clips of him getting murked. Just, like, absolutely turning the Swiss cheese, like, off on the left side of the screen. And then you just hear, like, a damn it off to the – in the audio <laughs> in the background. Um. But yeah, so I'll do that, and then uh, I I put it to a, like usually two or three subreddits if I can. They usually just get removed or downvoted instantly because Reddit is a horrible place. Um, but like for stock for a stalker video, I like I put it on r slash uh, stalker. I put it on gaming. Um, but if it's like uh, uh, totally out there, example would be like um, uh, I make custom maps maps for Killing Floor Two on occasion with the source development or the with the udk development kit yeah um i made like a nightclub recently 
just because I had I had some free time. And so uh, it's it goes off this very like um, you know pink and blue neon light aesthetic. So I posted it to gaming killing floor and vaporwave aesthetics. You know. So like uh, I I'll, I'll try to put it to like niche places if I can. Things that make sense. Yeah, but like uh, I I don't, I don't like you know completely shit post it to oblivion and put it on every single page I can find. So. Because I found recently with um, tagging for my videos, as well as like my Instagram posts. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I hadn't put a whole lot of effort into, which is one of the things that I'm, I love and I hate about being a YouTube creator, or I guess a creator for the internet. It doesn't matter if it's YouTube, Vimeo, Twitch, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Is you can, again, you can put out great content all day long, but if you're not showing up in people's searches, then you're not relevant. You're going to get buried under whatever algorithm you're on. Yeah. So up until recently, my personal Instagram, I did an experiment over the last like week or so. Um, so my personal Instagram, I had like somewhere around 90 something followers, which is, is great and all. I attached a lot of people that I knew on Facebook. So I was garnering a lot of followers that way. Yeah. And every once in a while I get a post like, but I generally speaking, don't bother. Like I'll tag people in my Instagram post, but I don't hashtag it yeah. because I, I'm like, oh, it looks ugly. It's gross. But you know, so then it doesn't show up in anyone's search. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently downloaded an app that specifically searches for trending tags within whatever category I search. Mm. Um, so if I do something that's video game related or like more uh, recently, I took some shots of the building that I work in now because mm -hmm. I love modern architecture. So I took some shots of the interior of the building and I posted those up and I looked up, you know, architecture to find what the trending tags were and the suggestion I got was, you know, pick some stuff that's like top tier, but then also pick some stuff that you're not competing with a lot of people on that are mm. also in that category. Yeah. So you've got a good balance. So I did that. I popped a bunch of hashtags on there and I am now, oh, I just broke 150 followers last night. Wow. Not bad. Yeah. It's it, it, as soon as you like manage to get into that stuff and it's something that, again, with being a YouTube creator or any internet content creator, you are the the director, the script writer, the producer, the lighting guy, the sound guy. You are the entire production crew. Yeah. So, and I, I really, I'm enjoying that, but it's also can be really overwhelming, especially when you don't understand how the back end of these algorithms works. But... So it's so secretive. There's no way to know. It is. And all you can really do is like hope that the people that are like the big dogs that are, oh, all you have to do is uh, make great content. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I hate to say that I'm sick of hearing that. I'm sick of hearing it. But like, like we all understand make good content and be consistent. Those are the two golden rules if yeah. you want to be a good content creator. But no one really breaks into the, you know, how to master searches on YouTube. Um, there's an app called VidID. Mm -hmm. I'm debating on doing like some tutorial series and stuff for creators as well. But this whole podcast is really geared towards tips and tricks and whatnot and experiences of people that are just starting out in the creative field, which is why I want to see like what you're doing currently to, to kind of get your videos out there. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I've, there's a vidIQ is a plugin for Google Chrome. I'm sure it's plugins for other things too, but I specifically use Chrome. It, it was a little weird to me at first because it asks you for a lot of permissions mm -hmm. because it needs to have like the statistics and everything on your YouTube channel. But it also goes, if I go to your video, I can see what things you tagged, what tags you used. I can see how those video has been performing, how it rates on a one to 100 or a one to 50 scale for search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. And but it's been helping me out a lot because it auto suggests um, tags when you're typing something in. And I found 
I recently started doing a Let's Play on the Red Strings Club, a mm -hmm. game that dropped from Devolver Digital in the end of January. And I was like, I want to hop on this before Markiplier or PewDiePie ever touch it. And I wonder if anyone else is playing it. So I looked up um, this Let's Player. That was the first one that I found. And honestly, her videos are great. Um, her channel's Matterwellens, I think. It's yeah. like Watermelons, but you've switched the W and the M around. Yeah. Um, she does really good work. But I found her specifically because of Red Strings Club. So I was using vidIQ. I hop over there and so I can see what she used to tag it. And she got some fantastic scores. So I'm looking at it. And initially, I had thought of it as a, um, a hashtag type deal. And the algorithm doesn't really seem to work that way. Mm -hmm. So it's like... If I type in Red Strings Club now, it will auto-suggest Red Strings Club PC gameplay, Red Strings Club gameplay, Red Strings Club playthrough blind, Red Strings Club. And it's like all these are separate things. Yeah. And you just toss them all in there. And now, you know, no matter what someone searches, because I used to do it like red, comma, strings, comma, club, comma. So like figuring it was searching per word. Yeah. And the more words that I had that would match the search criteria. But no, it's, it's like searching phrases and whatnot. Hmm. And then I started tagging other things like cyberpunk, cyberpunk synthwave, and that kind of stuff because it's got all those aesthetics. Not to get too tinfoil hatty, um, but I've heard from you know um, a couple you know places and famous YouTubers and whatnot. I've heard that tags are basically just so that the algorithm can auto demonetize your stuff if it has content they don't like. Like like yeah. like like if you're doing like a violent game and you tag like bloody violent the gore, it'll immediately demonetize it. I like. Thankfully, like, I've I haven't heard had to. Famously, Casey Neistat doesn't tag his videos ever. That's he's got such a following though. He doesn't have to do it's, anything. That's part of it. Casey Neistat could put his stuff up on like MySpace yeah. and people would find it. I don't want to talk about Casey Neistat. Anyway, <laughs> going back to tags. Going back to tags. Uh, I've been finding it really good, and the great thing is uh, with YouTube's new setup that I'm already demonetized. Like the worst you can do to me now is copyright strike me or take me down. Dude, like, I literally I was monetized. I wasn't making anything, but I was eligible. And then same. with the new rules, it's like, eh, not anymore. I was, the only thing that made me sad is we were on with, How the hell um, am I going to get 4,000 hours here? We, four, we four, were on. 400,000 hours of conjective, I don't know, it was stupid. Uh, 4,000 hours of watch time, 1,000 subs. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Let's Plays is probably your best way to do that because yeah. it's the only way that you're uploading content. It's the only thing the kids that... want to watch. Got them. Oh, God. <laughs> I dabbed when um, I said that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there was a dab in there. I don't know. You probably didn't pick up on the audio, but if there was a sound <laughs> for dabbing, I'd put it in there. Um, <laughs> it's just the sound of a gunshot we my were body on, hitting the floor. <laughs> we were with a multi-channel network for a while, uh, for all, a full year before they dropped us because of YouTube's new criteria. Yeah. Now, again, we didn't really make anything. We made maybe four cents. Because we didn't have, we weren't generating the the views. You have to hit it like like a floor, and then you make money above that. Yeah. Yeah, and the only thing that I'm sad about that we got dropped from it is they through our multi-channel network they were paying for a subscription to Epidemic Sound. Mm -hmm. So I could go on Epidemic Sound. If you've never used it, I highly recommend it. A lot of my favorite vloggers use it, like Pete McKinnon, uh, Travel Feels. A lot of these guys are using Epidemic Sound because it's cheap and it's real easy to use. It's the music is so good. But I digress. I'm not here to market epidemic. Um, I was really impressed, actually, because I was using music from there to, you know, that way you're avoiding copyright strikes. Yeah. Because you're licensed to use it all. I got an email from epidemic a week before uh, they demonetized our channel and we got dropped from our multi-channel network. And epidemic said a lot of creators are about to be dropped on Tuesday from their MCNs. And a lot of people, their MCNs were paying for a subscription for them through epidemic. And we realize how difficult it can be to not only take the hit on your income, but to now be without 
you know, being able to use music. So if, if you are one of these people, then follow this link, put in your channel ID and you're free to use any of our stuff until August. Wow. Not bad. So for, for free, they're like, just we'll generate a link for you, pop that in your video description and it'll keep you from getting copyright strikes. Cool. So I was like done and done. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that really upset me with that. But at this point I'm like, I'm creating for the sake of creating and honing my skills and hopefully building a community around it. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I wanted to bring up that the whole tagging thing, both on Instagram and on YouTube or whatever platform you're using. I was using vid vidme. Vid, yeah. Vidme yeah, vid for a while me or whatever, um, which crashed They're They're done. Yeah. They're out. Um, which is kind of sad, but I mean, it, it, it happens. happens. Yeah. It's, eh. it's inevitable. It's in, its own in, thing. That's, in, that's in a whole other modern issue. internet, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I wanted to see where you were at with that stuff and yeah, I mean, where you're pushing your videos to. Uh, I just sort of get, like I said, I, I, I put them to anywhere that's relevant and then I just sort of, you know, I sort of just let the chips fall wherever they may. Cause you know, sometimes to me, it's like a, vi a video just sort of can get popular just by, by no, by nothing that you actually did consciously, you know, like my, I've had that happen. Like kind of like when you were talking about your, uh, your shit post video. Yeah. Of... I mean like that, I, I didn't tag that any differently. I think the only, the reason that that got popular, um, to my mind is that I uploaded that the day after the, the, the demo for for honor ended and the day before the game released. So it was that interim when people were looking for for honor <laughs> stuff. People were looking it up. Yeah. And, and then, and they were like, Oh, this one's only a minute long. This one looks interesting. I'll just click this. And then it's, and then, you know, yeah, it was short. It was, it was short. Quick. It was stupid. It was, yeah. It wasn't funny, but people still thought it was funny. And then boom, there you go. That's yeah. The and recipe it, for success. And you know, I've had a similar thing happen. My, not my latest review, but the one before that was for killing floor two, which is a game that I hold near and dear to my heart. I love that one. Um, but, uh, I uploaded that pretty much like three days before they did their big seasonal update for Christmas. I did it right at the right, like mid November. And then they dropped the, 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 uh, a very Krampus Christmas. This, you know, great Christmas themed expansion with like heavy metal Christmas music and whatnot. And like a Christmas map. And, and the new boss was like dressed up like a disgusting Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> but the thing was like the game hit an all time player, an all time high player count because the game went on sale right when that, uh, seasonal event started. And then so people went on sale. People were like, hmm, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll look stuff up about it, you know? And then that, that one got like three times as many views as like other reviews have, you know, in a long time. That one kind of blew up, you know, not a lot. I, mean, I think it's just sitting, it's sitting under a thousand. But like it took the Witcher review like eight months to get to a thousand views, you know? And, and it, it took the Stalker one like, like, you know, four or five months to get to that. So I, I feel like I've gotten lucky two separate on two separate occasions for, you know, these videos that I've put out that just happen to be relevant at just this specific right amount of time. Neither of those were on purpose, by the way. So, I mean, I, I'm not some genius who's, you know, uploading. You, you haven't hacked YouTube's algorithm. It's not YouTube's algorithm, I don't think. I think it just it's just, it's just happening to be uploading at the right time. You know, it's when people are going to be searching for that topic, and it's like I, I think that's why like let's say like the prey video didn't explode the way that I was hoping it would. You know, because it's like that game is almost a year old now. People that aren't searching for that. You know. So that being said, has it crossed your mind at all to uh, review Fortnite? No, I hate. I hate <laughs> Fortnite. I literally I've... I played it for ten minutes and I I wish it didn't. I. I I want to Google how do you delete someone else's video game. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, um, 
No, actually, I'm not going to be fair. It's literally just a bootleg knockoff of PUBG that's worse. They're both terrible games. I hate them both. Fight me. Battle Royale sucks. Wow. <laughs> I can I can feel the salt from here. Yeah, it's, it's Well, I have a it's I have a coworker across the room. I have a coworker of mine that does Fortnite Battle Royale videos. Yeah, but he does. Uh, for Spanish. Every, in, in Spanish. So he's already got Everyone does those. Not in he's Spanish. He's got like the most popular game at, currently with yeah. the masses and he's doing it to a niche market. Yeah. Anyone who speaks Spanish. Yeah. So there's there's that and he's generating a lot of like subs and views based on that. Yeah. And he was like, "Man, you should do a do a Fortnite video cuz you know, it'll generate the views. And part of me is like, I don't want to do a Fortnite I don't want to do a Fortnite video. Yeah. No. But, well, uh, a big it's, it's part like of me. It's like he was saying, it's not about the views. Right. It's not about getting all that. It's about making stuff See, that you his, want to make. His argument to that was like, yeah, but if you make like one good Fortnite video and then that's it, then people who are searching Fortnite are going to find you that way and then they'll get into your other stuff. Maybe. The, what if, what the if, gateway video. What if they if only will. want your Fortnite stuff? What if they don't want your other videos? That's the thing that terrifies me, both as a streamer and a content creator, that like, I don't want to live stream Fortnite and then you build a following and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to play... Bloodborne today. And then no one watches. And then everyone's like, what are you doing? This isn't Fortnite. Yeah. You piece of shit. I'm calling SWAT on you. All the kids, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, it's a real toss-up because, you know, as much as I want to, like, put something out, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Fortnite, but I'm also not against it. Yeah. I played it for a while. It was really addictive. Then Monster Hunter World came out, and then I lost <laughs> myself. That, so, like, like, that, yeah, that absorbs your life, yeah. I'm surprised you're not playing that right now, to be honest. Oh, me <laughs> I know, too. I know you want to. <laughs> I've been I've been caught up in Bloodborne. I needed a game that was just going to kick the shit out of me. Yeah. So, like I was I'll, saying earlier, I mean, I'm, I'll take every chance I can to brag. I have I have the platinum trophy in Bloodborne, including the including the old Hunter's DLC. I'm so <laughs> proud of that. It's the only game I've ever pl- gotten a platinum trophy in uh, for for the the PS4. Uh, but, uh, yeah. One of my buddies was like, "Yeah, one of my roommates just downloaded Bloodborne because it was free this month on the PlayStation Network." So it was, and he hates it. And I was like, you got to look him dead in the eye and go, get good, scrub. Did he just like get to Father Gascoin, die, and then say this game sucks? I don't think he made it that far. <laughs> Honestly, I had a weird, a little bit off topic again, but I had a weird relationship with Bloodborne because I really love the aesthetic. Yeah. I love that whole um, Lovecraftian type stuff, feel. Yeah. And, but I was stuck Cosmic at the beginning. Horror. I was stuck at the beginning of that game for so long. Which part? Um, if I may so ask. The like before you even fight any of the major bosses, like right when you leave the first like the asylum where you're at, you yeah, fight so those. You leave the of hospital. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, you get to your first lantern. The hunt. Yeah, that, that, that big group of enemies. Yep. Basically, the unnamed mini boss. Pretty yeah. much. That is that, hard. I spent so long. That teaches you to run past just enemies. there. <laughs> if or nope, or, I... or slowly work yourself into insanity by trying to kill them all, even though it only gives you like ten blood. I found. Um, once I had, I had the, what do you call it? The bone saw. Yeah. The, so like, yeah, the, um, the, saw, uh, the, the switch. Saw. I, I don't know what, what the heck it's I called. You're ta- but I know the one you're talking about. Not the, the saw typical spear. bloodborne weapon. Not the saw spear, but the one that you start with. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that and I realized like I've been using heavy attacks this whole time. Yeah. So I'm eating up my stamina. And the thing is in bloodborne specifically, uh, it has that mechanic where if you hold a heavy attack, you can charge it. And so sometimes if you hold, if you click the heavy attack button for just a frame too long, it will lock you in for a slightly longer animation, you know, so yeah. that, that can get you killed. And heavy, heavy attacks don't give you more um, uh, rally than light attacks do. That mechanic where you get hit, you hit them back, you get health back. Yeah. Yeah. So I started using light attacks, decimated. 
made it through the cleric de- uh, cleric beast on my third or fourth try. Yeah. And then the first major hunter that you get to in the graveyard there. Uh, yeah. Um, Father Gascoin. That's the one. Yeah. I beat him my second try, and I was super impressed with myself. Father weed out the scrubs coins. Yeah. <laughs> he he exists to weed out players who get frustrated easily. It's because like the the, oh. the cleric beast is like it's hard, but it's it's a beast boss. It's pretty easy. Yeah. He's big. I have a rough idea of what to expect. You just dodge his big attacks, and you 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 cripple his limbs, and you visceral his head. But yeah, and no one tells you about Bloodborne. Your heavy attacks are there to get criticals, and for nothing else. Everything else, you just have to light attack. You know, um, but but that's neither here nor there. Bloodborne is in my top games ever. I love it. It's it's genius, and it's it it's almost perfect. I love it. Uh, I could talk about it for hours. So we can uh, we can move on to something else if you uh, if you please. Yeah. Um... I guess the the main sticking question that I've had with uh, with all my guests so far uh, is who who inspires you? Like, who are the people that you look to for um, inspiration, if anyone? Because, uh, I mean, you're again, your game reviews are very different from a lot of the like style that I've seen by, you know, IGN and the, the big guys that have their opinions potentially paid for. But do you, do you have people that you follow? I mean, whether it's in um game reviews or anything else for that matter films that you're like okay this person that this is my inspiration on youtube there's a sort of i don't want to call him niche because he does have a lot of subscribers um, but it's an australian guy who does game reviews i think his channel by memory is called ggg man lives um and he i I love his his content kind of his shtick is that he's angry um and he likes to review like shooters That, that that's that's kind of his bag um and I, I love him. I love his videos, love his content. But when I was watching those, I always think to myself, he's a little too opinionated. Like he, he'll he interject a little too much about like his personal, um, I don't want to say opinion because that's what a review is essentially. Um, but it's, it's not as objective as I would want out of a review. So I like to watch his stuff. And then, you know, sort of as it's playing, you know, I think to myself, like, this is awesome. It's great content. I love it. He's got a market, whatever. I'm, I'm not trying to like, you know, uh, dog on him for making his stuff. But if I were making the same video, I think I would do X differently, you know? And like, so I, I guess you could call that an inspiration. I mean, he was definitely one of the channels that I was watching and I was like, I, I could probably do this, you know? I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not like ripping off his content. He's, he's didn't, he didn't invent reviewing, but <laughs> his channel was definitely the one that, def, that like put in my head, like I could totally do this, you know, to an extent. Cause yeah. I, yeah. You got to find those people that are like just relatable enough where you're like, this isn't entirely out of my reach. I could probably do this. Yeah, like, I, like I'm not ripping off his content, but like it's definitely something that inspired me to um, to hop into the to, into the review scene and, you know, get it done. I, he grinds, though. He, he, he makes videos like once a week. They're great. Awesome content. I totally recommend him. He's hilarious, too. I'll have to check him out. Yeah, he only he only ever did one bad video, in my opinion. He reviewed Siege and that video sucks. Like, I, like I'm I'm sorry, man, if you're listening, but like he basically treats it as if it's like an offline co-op shooter and terrorist hunt and terrorist hunt is like a tiny fraction of what that game it's it's a multiplayer game and he talks multiplayer for like five seconds all all the comments of this are like bro we love you but this video is not good (laughs) (laughs) and i mean like but but that's because i still like him you know it's 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 not like a character breaking thing it's like that that almost gives me hope that like i could make a bad video a bad review and then still yeah have a following after that you know, which is which is good because you don't want to have that again with the uh, oh, this isn't the game I subscribed for. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you doing? 
Um, I also wanted to ask you too, because I mean, we both went to school for film. You've done uh, some work on, you know, trying to put together short films. Yeah. I had wanted to ask you a couple of things. One, yes. um, any intentions of starting a vlog? No. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I'm I, asking I, everyone just because I'm I'm trying to get my own like personal network of people who vlog together so we can do whatever. I actually tried once um, a while ago on the old channel uh, just to sort of see like it, how it would go if it would, would be received well, but it just sort of ended up feeling like while I was editing it, I'm like I basically just feel like I'm repeating myself uh, and and like there's no purpose to watching it. At, at least like for, like I don't watch vlogs, so to my mind, if I were if watching my own video as someone else, I'm like I don't get anything out of this. I, I, I don't know if I, I I guess I don't really have a vlog personality. I guess you know. See the way uh, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I've honestly like my favorite people who vlog. I have stumbled into accidentally through other things yeah. through trying to find tips for creative starting out. Mm -hmm. um, Pete McKinnon mm -hmm. is my favorite vlogger right now. Operates out of Toronto, Canada. And he, I found him because he was doing Premiere and After Effects tutorials. Mm. That wasn't exclusively what he was doing, but that was interspersed with occasionally he would put a vlog up, occasionally he'd drop a tutorial. And I was there like just before he made the move to, I'm quitting my full-time job, this is my life now, uh, and this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because I appreciate his tutorials and the things I've learned from it, and like I feel like I give a shit about him that I follow his vlog now because I don't actively go around looking for vlogs. Yeah, I mean, but... like, that's the only reason that I, like, would watch a vlog is, is if it was a person whose content I already liked who yeah. just happened to just be making some more content. There's more to it. I didn't just, like, YouTube search someone to follow their life because yeah. I feel like I'm interested in that, but... Like, Red Letter Media, like, every little behind-the-scenes video they do, I always watch it because, like, their main content is amazing. I love it. One of my favorite channels, but, like, I like them enough as personalities that I'm interested to see what they what else they do. Yeah, that's, you like, know? for me with... um. Corridor Digital. Yes, I love and them. And all the stuff that, like, I don't care if it's, like, a handheld shitty camera yeah. and the audio sucks. Like, if they're doing something that's behind the scenes, I want to know about it. I want to yeah. go watch it. But, yeah, like, um, to me, it's, like, I, I don't know if there's anybody who's interested enough in me as a personality on YouTube. Because I, I try, like we talked about earlier, I try to stay relatively objective with, you know, anecdotes here and there. So, like, I, I try to come across as being very, like, here's all the facts make your opinion and go wild you know rather than this rather than like an angry australian or like yeah. you know like um so I, I i don't know if a vlog would really uh elevate my content anywhere else or transform it to be anything interesting but i guess that's just me it's it's weird vlogging's weird in itself i was talking about this in, the, in our last episode with uh with joe and I'm probably going to continue to bring it up in the future, but I feel like with vlogging, especially there's a certain, you have to have a certain level of narcissism that goes into it. Absolutely. To, to be like, yeah, this is me. Uh, I'm worth sharing. Um, that's kind of why I didn't also. Like Cause like when you're, it's awkward yeah. when you're editing, filming and you're it, like, editing it yourself. You're like, Whoa, it doesn't feel right. It feels dirty. Especially it does. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you're like, you filmed something and you're watching it back and you're trying to express an opinion and you're looking at it. Like I did this just a few hours ago, but like, dude, look at the camera. Uh, put some emphasis behind your voice. Stop like, saying um. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like I can only edit Everyone out so much. Everyone has that um. problem. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of kind of strange. But and my last question I had for you because it's a struggle that I've come across since starting school and especially since like leaving and trying to you know trying to put yeah dude together. Mm -hmm. Started out with me and one friend, and then he was like, "This is too much like work. I can't do this. I'm dropping back." 
I grabbed a bunch of people on board and then a lot of them were just like, unless you tell me to do something, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I know how that is. So I was going to say like, what is your, do you prefer working alone? Do you prefer working with people? And what has your experience really been working with others? Cause I know we had, we had the one day that I went down for a shoot of PJ. Yeah. Which was super fun. Old and PJ, like the people that great. were there yeah. were, were super into it. Yeah. But because I feel like that holds a lot of people back too is like, I don't want to just make stuff by myself, but I can't find people who are as devoted. Yeah. That's definitely a problem. I mean, um, not to go, you know, too far into a completely different topic, but like the, that, that's kind of why PJ fell apart in its like first iteration is because like, um, I, it didn't have enough dedicated people who are willing to keep coming back. And like, um, since then it's been completely, I, I, I rewrote the script and it's, it's, it's ready to go. I mean, it's still going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm way past the date it was supposed to be done, but like, I, I, I can't just not do it, you know? Right. Um, that's still going to, for anybody who doesn't know, that was a, a, um, scripts, short film idea that I, I kickstarted um, for like props and stuff and it got funded and I completely missed the date it was supposed to be done. Um, and obviously I, I'm not just going to go blaming everybody else. It's partially my fault. I'm not, you know, but uh, that can be, it's, it's a problem that, you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience with this, like, you know, planning everything out, scripting it, um, having it storyboarded, having everything ready to go. And then you get one day out and it's, it's, it goes pretty well. And then when you try to reschedule and, you know, continue your work, then, you know, the the excuses start to roll in. And I mean, that that's just how it is, you know, I mean, because I didn't hire these people, you know, they were helping me. Yeah, that's, that's a really hard thing when you have no budget yeah. to hire people. Um, and, and everyone's I mean, like, oh, I, I what do you love to pay them? What, what are you paying me for this? Uh, hopes and dreams, mostly. Like, Basically, yeah. I'll buy donuts. And like, it's it's not really it's, it's not really fair to ask people to come in and just sort of spend their time on your hopes and dreams you right know? Be because it's so much work because like you know in your heart that like when it's when it's over it's going to be incredible and you're going to make a great um product but the people who are working with are doubting it you know well, yeah because when you're just starting out too you don't have a track record yeah you can't be like look i've already done five great indie films that have really taken off yeah um so i'd like to pull you guys on board to be on the next one yeah. you know like if if guillermo del toro came up to me and was like i'd like you to be in my next uh short film but I'm not going to pay you. Do you have the time? I'd be like, yeah, I have the time. Absolutely. I will make the time. Yeah. I will donate you my time to be in this because he's got a track record. You but know? if it's like me, it's, it's like, well, what you have know, you done? We'll have to think about That's, it. Yeah. Right. So like for, for that kind of stuff, um, I mean, the, the current iteration of PJ has been significantly scaled back in like scope and size. So it's going to involve less people when the production, you know, gets off the ground again. Um, so like there's, there's fewer links that can break. You know, and I think that's the key when you're starting as like a small creator who is trying to get other people in on it. Um, I don't mind working with one other person. That's fantastic. Um, like when I was doing when I did, like when I did wish you were here. That was great. That was a great time because um, it was just myself and Jeff. We we banged it out in like, you know, one day, like eight hours or whatever of, of you know, recording editing. And then it was out and it was done. But for like review content and like shit post content and whatnot, that's all me. You know, I, I don't I wouldn't want to bring people in because I have a, like I, said, I have a formula, I have a style, I have a method. And I feel like if I tried to crowd that with extra hands, yeah, I might improve it in the long run, but the process will get more difficult. It's just juggling more things, you know? Yeah. So I definitely I'm a fan of the, the two person collab. Yes. Because it's real easy to sit down with one other person. You don't have to worry about too much about like. Oh, well, when do all of us have time off? 
when can all of us meet? Yeah, it's and not. It's just you and even three yeah. people get difficult sometimes. Absolutely, especially if they're separate entities. Yeah, like we have three people that run our weekly podcast for this week in gaming, but two of them are a couple. They live together, so like it's them and me. <laughs> it's basically, and two, basically so it, two people. It's yeah. like coordinating for two people. It's it's simple enough. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. So the um. I had a point. I totally lost it. It's it's in the ether now. Well, it's out there. Um, I guess last thing I had before we sign off was, do you have any uh, advice that we didn't go over or things you'd like to tell for anyone who's thinking about starting out in content creation, whether it's podcasting videos, whatever? I do. Um, And this is something that I, I had to sort of come to terms with myself is that you have to ask yourself, and like be real with yourself when you when you give an answer of like why am i why am i doing this and if you if you're doing it to get views and to make money and get subscribers go play fortnite but if you're doing it because you want to or like to to um to grow your skills and 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 enhance your your work and your technical skill you know with your editing and your shooting and your voiceover because commentary is a skill you know um, are you doing it to enhance your skills are you doing it in my case because you're trying to convince people to play a game or not to? You right. Know? You have to ask yourself what like what your goal is, and then you you just have to focus on accomplishing that. Because at the end of the day, like yeah, I don't have that many subscribers. I don't, I don't get that many views per video. But like if, if somebody out there watched Calavera's Gunslinger PC game review and was like, shit, that looks like a lot of fun, and go spends five dollars on it as a great time. As far as I'm concerned, I did my job. You know. Which is great because like you're not even making money on that sale. It's just kind of like that was my goal. I wanted people to play it and have a good time because yeah. I had a great time, you know. So my advice to anybody is is ask yourself why you're gonna do it. Be honest with yourself too, because if if you're if you say you want to do it because you love it and then you get salty because you don't make any money and you quit, then you weren't really doing it for that reason. You were doing it to make money. Gone through plenty and plenty of videos with no views. Plenty of podcasts that no one listened to. Uh, it's, it's almost like that Hollywood undead song of, uh, played a million empty shows just for family and friends. Yeah. It's, it's that whole kind of thing. Exactly. It doesn't matter the size of your audience. We, we streamed for, if you remember that class that I kept coming in and I'm like, you know what's going on tonight at 10? (laughs) Every weeknight, 10 o'clock. Yeah. We were streaming every night and we had one person who was consistently in our chat, consistently talking with us. We had a great time hanging out with her. And every night was just kind of a hangout session between us and her. Yeah. And occasionally other people would show up. They'd either love what we're playing or not. And occasionally you get the people that are that are hecklers that are like, oh, you guys aren't playing Overwatch? Because it was when Overwatch just dropped. Yeah. And like everyone was playing. I remember it. that. Yeah. So they're like, you'd get more views. And I've had to, you know, that's the only thing I say to those people is like, if this was about views, I would be playing Overwatch. I'd go, yeah. I'd go play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> or Overwatch. And that that's case. like, right. Yeah. At this point, it's Fortnite. And yeah. I'm sure next year it'll be something else. Like. If I wanted the views, I'd just go do that. But my heart's not in it. And unfortunately, when it's content creation and you have a passion for your art, if you're putting something out there that's just for views, people can tell. Yeah. Because your heart's not in it. And then it, it almost looks it, – it, it's like having a, a stain on your resume at that point too, like on your channel. Because if people are looking through your stuff and they see like – like, like, let's say in my case, you know, all these reviews that have, you know, like a handful of views each. And then there's one, like seven episode, let's play a Fortnite and all, they all have one view. It's like, come on, man. You, you just did that to try to get. You legitimately just yeah. did that to try and get views. What yeah. the heck? And it's like, don't get me wrong. If you like Fortnite and your goal is to go play it and get views, go pander to kids. Do it. I don't it's, care. Yeah. 
you're you're setting if a goal that's what for you yourself. love to do and you're having a great time at it go enjoy the daylight out of it yeah and then, you're setting a goal for yourself and that's what you're doing that's exactly that's what i'm doing too you know yeah just as a slightly different goal exactly and lastly, before signing off, uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Yeah, I got to plug myself now, don't yeah. I? Yeah, this is the time where you plug. Um, so, unfortunately, I really should have thought about this before I rebranded my channel because my name is kind of weird. It's Strivera TV, uh, S-T-R-I-V-E-R-R-A. I'll have it linked TV. in the show description as well. Yeah, so that's named after my my uh, my D&D character. Uh, <laughs> Your D&D character, Strivera TV? No, Strivera. Or, or Striv <laughs> for short. Okay. He, he's like a handsome little elf boy, uh, like an archer. Um, yeah, so, um, and obviously the TV is, is just sort of icing on the It's cake. a video thing. You're video centric. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause, uh, it's, it's, it's just a suffix. So, uh, I'm out there. Uh, it's the same handle on Twitter. It's the same handle on Instagram. Um, I, I there's no point in my, tell my Reddit account or my Facebook. You can find me on Facebook if you really care. Um, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I post to Twitter and to Instagram more than I post to Facebook. I never post on Facebook. That's been me too. I post on YouTube more frequently than post on Facebook. I post like once a month, you know. So yeah, I'm trying to remove myself from uh, from the Facebook, but that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but, but yeah, like um, so so that's me. There's there's my my links or whatever in the, in the description. The last thing I want to say is that um, I know that I like doing this right for one specific reason, and it's that like when when you do any task like 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 uh, editing is, is is what i'm is what i'm sort of bringing to mind here that's a very slow menial task that's kind of tedious and it take it takes a lot of time oh yeah but like when i and when you sit down and do a task a task that that is slow and tedious and takes a lot of time like anything to do with landscaping which i did over the summer um you constantly find yourself watching the clock but when i sit down and i do my voice and start to edit I look up after what feels like 10 minutes and it's nighttime, you know, and that's how I know I love it. Yeah. You know, when you completely get lost in it and you love what you do, no matter how good or bad you are at it. And for me, it's, it's all I can think about all the time yeah. is what's next. What else can I do? And like, try to find something that gives you that feeling, that feeling of like, you're sitting there in the midst of your work, you're like, I have to pee and I'm hungry and I'm thirsty, but I'm right in the middle of this. It's already been two hours and it'll be two more hours before you actually get up to, you know, to do you're not that. looking for excuses to stop. Exactly. Really. You just yeah. completely get lost in it. That's a good way to put it. And yeah. that's, that's been me too. Cause I know I come home and from work sometimes and I'm like, oh man, I'm hungry and I just want to relax and I, I want to do this. But then I sit down, I start editing and all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, where'd my day go? I only have four hours of sleep before I have to get up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it's dawn. So um, ask yourself what you want to do. Uh, be, be realistic. Go for that. And for the love of God, be sure, you know, or be hopeful at least that you can find something that you don't look for an excuse to stop doing. Yeah. All solid advice. Yeah. So thank you very much for being on the show. No problem. It was, it was great, nice to see you again. Great to be here. Good to see you. And uh, we'll catch the rest of you in the next episode. If I, you uh, if, if you need to have your mind swayed to to play a game or not to, check me out. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Next month, I'm going to drop a fucking scathing review of Stalker Clear Sky. I'm, I'm pumped. I want to see what your your salty reviews are like. <sighs> me too, man. The things that you, uh, you dislike. It'll be a first for all of us. But until then, uh, head held high. Keep creating. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. To find out more about our guest this week, check the links in the description. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? 
send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line, Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.